Welcome to the Podcast Connector. Each week, we'll bring you behind-the-scenes tips on all things entrepreneurship, spreading your message, and the podcasting space. Plus, we will connect you with some amazing people in health, spirituality, entrepreneurship, and personal development. Let's dive in. Welcome back, everyone. I am excited to introduce you to our preferred partner, Adriana Alvarez, who teaches her clients how to create their very own nonfiction publishing house. And we're going to chat a lot about that today. She uh, helps her clients establish themselves as authorities in their niches and increase traffic, interest, and sales in an organic way. She uh, fits in perfectly with what we're doing here, obviously, because you are all experts and thought leaders and really building your authority platform. So it only makes sense to be inviting Adriana in. She is one of the most elegant, uh, classy, high integrity CEOs that I know. And I know you're probably blushing as I say that, Adriana. I'm like, really? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, t- I tell everyone that when I when I create warm intros. I um, And Adriana and I will be working together because we will be building that out in one of my other companies. But she is also a best-selling author and many times over, a business coach who specializes in helping uh, clients to be a best-selling, Amazon best-selling author. Uh, she has done a USA Today best-selling seller campaign, and so much more. She also has a publishing certification program. So there is a lot that she has to offer. And if you go to Adriana with one N, MoniqueAlvarez.com, you can learn more about what she's up to. And I know you spend a lot of time on Facebook. Is that your main platform or where else are you hanging out these days? It, it really is. I'm a, I'm a person who's just mainly on Facebook. Yeah. So many people think it's dead. I There's like 3 billion users on Facebook. I, Facebook is not dead. Yes, the vibe has changed, but it changes on every platform, right? And, um, but yeah, we, you and I spend a lot of time connecting on Facebook. So that's why I forget that, oh yeah, maybe that's not even someone's primary platform. Maybe they're hanging <laughs> out somewhere else. So no, you're right. <laughs> that's where I'm at. Yeah. It's a lot of work to, uh, I mean, even just hiring someone, it, it, there's something about being everywhere that feels a little bit lack and limitation consciousness energy, right? When we operate from abundance, which I know you do, it uh, we don't really need to be everywhere. It's, there's nothing wrong with that. And and hey, if it works for you and, and you know how to delegate that or whatever, but even for me, it's the same with little trinkets in my back end. Like I don't need 75 plugins, right? It, it starts to just feel, I don't know. It, and part of it is I'm, I'm a Virgo, right? So unless it's useful to me, I'm just like, why is it here? It's if something's right. taking up too much space, I'm like, ah, I don't know what to do with this. It's overwhelming me. <laughs> so. It's so true. I, I love to just find something and focus in and just, you know, drill down. And I, it's true. I, I tried. I tried to do the Instagram and the LinkedIn and all the things, and I didn't do very good at it. And, and I was just trying to check off a list that I thought, you know, I was supposed to do when I didn't really want to do it. And so I just gave myself permission just to do what I really wanted to do and mm-hmm. trust that that was going to be perfect for me. I will say, and this is a very subjective analysis, we're going to do a whole like inkblot analysis of you for the next half hour. I'm just kidding. I, I just, you know, you and I are connected very often, right? And and one of the things I'm realizing in this moment is what I'm trying to say, that uh, you really live life. You're living life outside of social media. Your life isn't inside of 
the online world. It's outside of the online world and you pop in and then pop out and spend almost your entire time living on the land and, you know, spending time with your boys and your husband and, you know, doing all, all of the things. Right. So, um, so I can see why, yeah, it doesn't even fit your lifestyle really to be everywhere. It doesn't. You're right. I, I call it pop buys. You know, I'll go do a pop buy on Facebook and I'm upfront with people. You know, if I don't reply to your comments, if I don't comment on everything, if I miss a birthday or something, it's nothing personal, but I, you know, I will set a timer on my phone. I'll pop in, I'll pop out and then I'll get back to life. And that's the way I can do it and, and still maintain my sanity and enjoy my life and, and just make it one of the elements. Mm. I love that. So where do we begin? I feel like I'm <laughs> well, when I know someone really well, then I just, I have so many thoughts coming to mind and then I realize, oh yeah, we maybe, you know, need to focus the conversation and not just chat about the kids or chat about like, you know, whatever. <laughs> so when you created your own publishing house, do you feel like you knew what you were getting into? Uh, yes and no, right? So for the couple of years before we officially started the, the publishing house, I took a handful of clients or small groups of clients to like, let's write your own ebook. Um, I'll teach you how to write for publications. I'll teach you how to pitch for them. So I was doing these small projects kind of dancing around the whole like books and publishing. And those, they turned out well, everyone got good results. They were enjoying it. I was enjoying it. Um, but what happened about the time that I was getting ready to like fully go official and announce that I had a full-term stillbirth. And so I made the decision that I was just going to keep what we had, not add anything new. I wasn't feeling good about taking risks and expanding too far. And I wanted the people around me to know, like, I'm going to stick around. I'm not going to disappear. I can navigate this. And so in 2019, when we we were actually living in Sicily. I still remember where we were at. We, we had this beautiful patio and we ghosted on it at night. And I knew it was time. I was ready. The clients were ready. It just was like, you know, when you feel all the green lights. And I told Derek, I know it's time and I want to and I'm ready. And I'm a little nervous because I don't know all the things that it's going to lead to. I don't know all the things that it entails. I know what I know, but I've not done it. So I know there's a whole bunch I don't. And being the typical like Zen master that he is, he's like, you always figure it out. This isn't any different. And the, oh my goodness, there was so much I didn't know, right? There was so much I didn't know that would come along or open up. But that was the beauty of it, you know? And that's the thing I always keep in mind is like, I know the next step. And, and that's enough. Really, if we're willing to take the next step, then we're ready for the next one when it comes. That's amazing. Well, I know how supportive your husband is, so I'm not surprised that he would have said that. And um, you, well, you, you mentioned that you had a full-term stillbirth, and I know you talk about it openly. So when I bring it up here, I do feel like it serves in the context of, you know, that was... I don't want to even put words in your mouth, but I can only surmise that that was beyond traumatic and beyond, you know, even 
any words like that. There's no way to even properly, you know, mm-hmm. send, send someone your thoughts around that and, and for you on the receiving end to digest that and so on. Uh, but I, I also know that you've actually used your publishing house and your, your knowledge of how to publish things to actually be able to share that story. Do you mind sharing a little bit about that? Mm, absolutely not. You know, this is the thing that when, when it happened, I realized everything, you know, with my business is very public. You know, we've got the social media profiles. I'm not, I'm not growing a business anymore, you know, in a little local chapter of BNI in San Diego like I was in 2010, you know, the world is watching people, whether people comment or not, they're, they're watching. So people watched me go through this entire pregnancy. They knew I was due any day. And what I realized is that I was going to have to deal with enough things. And so if I also made the decision to try to hide this, um, or to allow the shame or the pain to lock me further into a hole, it, w- it was going to be even harder. It was going to be even harder. And so I made the decision early on. I went online and I said what had happened, and I've talked about it openly. And it also comes back to my values of, you know, we're given a voice for a reason. And I, I realized when it happened, I wasn't interested in tearing that down. I wasn't interested in curating only the stories and the things that I felt were, you know, expected of me. And since I was being sent to the deep end of the pool, I was like, you're all coming with me. And what I found is it, it absolutely helped me process because through stories, we understand ourselves, we understand others, we understand experiences in life. And it brought so much light onto something that had I hit it, had I been in that shame state that I know so many women are actually encouraged to go into. Because when I had the stillbirth, I, I'll never forget the doctor and the nurse both told me I was living overseas at the time and they told me, don't tell anyone about this. Get pregnant again, and you never ever have to mention it. And we all know that's not how it works. And so it just became a great time for me to realize, you know what? I have a voice. I'm going to use it, and it gives me an opportunity to use it for the women who aren't ready to yet, who think that they're alone in it. And so that's a big reason why I continue to talk about it. Mm-hmm. It strikes me too, as you're sharing that, because I observe so much. I'm a, I'm a big observer, right? I don't try to gawk at people. I just happen to notice things a lot. And, uh, and I, I know a lot of the clients that you work with, right? And I can, I know this just because they'll openly say, because everyone, like I said at the beginning, you're so classy and elegant and amazing, right? People are proudly shouting out, Hey, I'm working with Adriana. She's teaching me this and, and so on. But point is, is that, I notice uh, each one of them is publishing around things that they're actually passionate about. It's not just about telling a story that, you know, is good for maybe what a New York Times publisher would look for. Nothing wrong with that. But there's a very different way that those publishing houses 
market and you know i'm telling you i'm preaching to the converted but for those of you that don't know when you're doing your own publishing house you really get to tell the stories that you want to tell from a place of impact and because we're all thought leaders here at the podcast connector we're going on podcasts to share our message and broadcast it this is just a natural extension of that it only makes sense for us to look at how do we gather voices and i know by the way like it doesn't have to be collaborative books right it can also be um like solo books, or I don't know what the term is, but (laughs) pardon my lack of jargon around this. Uh, No, you're good. (laughs) But I, I can't even imagine how many lives that you did touch as a result of sharing your story. Mm, Thank you. And yeah, that, that is true. You know, this became a value in our publishing house from day one is I, I'm not going to censor any of our authors, um, any of our students, any of our book partners. If they're passionate about doing a book on X, Y, and Z, we're going to back them. You know, when chapters get submitted for collaboration books, we do not change their voice. We do not go, you know what, maybe you shouldn't mention that. That is where we take a firm stand um, because that happens a lot in publishing, you know, could you tone that down? Could you be a little less like that and a little more like that? And it never ends up feeling good because that's the whole reason we're even attracted to telling our story is so that we can tell our story in our way. And so it just becomes this anthem of, you know, be as you as you can be, like stay true to your voice. Yes, there's probably going to be people who disagree. Yes, there'll be people that feel like, oh, you hit an edge. But that's what we're here to do. I mean, we're leading the way. We're, we're not here to create more comfort. We're here to show people what's possible and to continuously live that out in word and deed. And that's what we do. And that that's a big piece of it. I think most of us that are thought leaders and visionaries, right, we, um, we tell stories because we know how impactful that is and how much transformation that creates. So I'm going to, I'm going to change lanes a little bit only because I think it's probably easier for me to bring this up than you, (laughs) given what we just shared. But because I, I geek out on business so much and I love just, you know, looking at how else do we um, create leverage in our company? how, How do we create growth? How do we truly scale? I mean, having a publishing house a a baked in publishing house in your own company, another division within your offerings that is a scalable thing to do. That's what an eight, nine figure that, you know, that's the kind of stuff that gets you to eight figures and nine figures. Not that that necessarily needs to be your goal, but it's certainly going to help you go from six figures to seven figures. As an example, just on the front end, you know, you can be adding easily a hundred K every year to your bottom line, depending on how many campaigns you do, it can be more than that. I mean, you can be looking at multiple six, even seven figures, again, depending on what you're doing. That's just the the initial, that's not even how you repurpose it and other ways that you're going to monetize it and so on. And I'm gathering that you ha- you build that into what you're teaching people, right? Like here's how to do the actual launch. And I know you do that, by the way, for everyone listening, that it's literally the A to Z of how do you how do you do this launch successfully so that you guarantee a number one spot on Amazon, and all of the moving parts, the branding, the ISBN number, all you know, all the things. Uh, but then, 
I think, and this is what I love about what you're doing is it's not just, okay, we did that next boom. It's like, how else do we repurpose this? How do we leverage it? What are the creative ways we can market this beyond just, you know, um, the thing. So really it can be a seven figure plus division in your company, right? Depending on what you're going to do with it. So now that we've ripped the money bandaid off, which we need to talk about, but <laughs> we don't always want to because we want to talk about the high level visionary stuff and being a writer and so on. But really, um, yes, it's a given that we're of high service. And yes, it's a given that this is of high service for all of you watching. This is of high service to the people in your community because they don't necessarily have the courage to write a book on their own but if they like kind of like women we like to go to the bathroom together right when we're out for dinner <laughs> dinner party right this is a way to kind of link arms with other people let someone else lead the ship so to speak and we just get to hop on and enjoy the cruise and various things like that so um so what are some of the myths that people have around starting a publishing house well, you know, some of the myths are like uh, what people often say is like, you can do that. They don't even realize they can. Right. Mm -hmm. And so publishing has changed so much in the last 20 years, in the last five years, the last two years. And so, yes, absolutely. You, you don't need, you know, permission from any big dog, any traditional publisher. You don't have to you know, wait for the queen to send you a letter of acceptance, you, you just make the decision. And so this is one of the biggest things I'd like people to know is you can start a publishing division in your company. And there's a few different things that we look at is like, you know, do you naturally build community and groups? You know, do you have clients that they've already trusted you with something else? And it doesn't really matter what it is. And have you, have you went a step further and asked them, you know, do you have a dream of becoming a published author or would you like to tell your story around a particular theme? You know, if I could help you with this, would you? So there's this idea that it can't be done or this idea that it's complex. It's overwhelming. Like that's beyond me. You know, like I'm good at this. I have clients that were really good yoga teachers and then they added six figures through pub book publishing. So Oftentimes, the identity that we hold, that we wear, um, can be one of the roadblocks, right? Oh, no, I'm a this, and I don't move beyond that. And really, what I encourage people to do is to realize you might have specific skill sets that give you the title that you use most often. But I think more often than not, most of us, what we're doing is we're creating opportunities for the people around us who trust us. So... The other thing is, is, you know, like, do I need to personally be in charge of all the moving parts? You know, there's this, the creation of the books, you know, or, or the going out and seeing who wants to be in them, finding the solo authors, there's the marketing, there's the editing, there's the formatting, there's a book cover, like, oh, there's the launch, you know, there's the after. And so what we really encourage people is no. You, you're not in charge of every single thing and the way we teach it and the way we break it down. I like to take complex things and make them simple. If it's simple, I know I can do it. I know others can do it. And the other thing that we've built in is we, we're actually willing to share some of our favorite team members. You know, we, we make referrals on, oh, th these are great editors for you. Or, you know, if you don't want to do any of the launch, we do all that white label behind the scenes. No one knows. It appears like it's you. And we just use our entire team for it. 
And so there's levels and ways of book partners. They come in, they have a concept, they sell the spots. We do absolutely everything else. So there's different levels at which people can participate depending on what's in, you know, interesting or exciting or what they have the bandwidth for with the other things that they have going on. So I think, you know, that kind of one size fits all, that's not, that's not the case. We can make, you know, innovation is one of the best things that's going on right now. Like, no, got to be 10 more ways we can do this. How do we want to do it? And that's what I get. That's what I get excited about finding new ways to do it. I uh, I didn't realize you did the white label, so we'll talk uh, privately. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know, you can get, and I'm sharing this just because I know some of you listening will probably be in a similar situation to me where, you know, it, it's, it's not that you can't do it all, but there's also not a need to do it all. Sometimes it actually just makes more sense instead of recreating the wheel or whatever to, um, to farm that kind of stuff out to the experts, right? There's a learn, there's a, it's a little more, like I know you show everyone the thing, but what I'm trying to, it, it, let's just assume we're talking about sales, right? Like I could train up a whole team to learn how to sell for me, or I could just, you know, delegate that out to someone to sell for me, for example, right? It's the same kind of thing uh, from a speed perspective for those of us that like speed and we also, don't uh for whatever reason we need our energy to be elsewhere other than sort of more immersed in a book launch right it, it makes more sense to do that so note to self <laughs> <laughs> yes we'll talk about it uh back to the identity piece though i think that that's uh that's a big deal right because you're right if we're being of high service to our communities just because we didn't view ourselves as either having a publishing house or being an author doesn't mean that we're not, we, we should always be looking for ways to add value to our community. And uh, this isn't knocking MLMs at all. It's just to say that if you can find a creative way to bring like essential oils into your branding company, or you can find, you know, a way to be selling protein smoothies when you're, you know, I don't know, a Facebook ad company, like you can find a way to, to be adding this, right? Because it's really more about um, offering service and so on. So what other myths or kind of, a, you know, cause you're gonna be seeing sort of similar objections, right? To people when they mm -hmm. come to you. So aside from the identity of really, like, I'm, am I allowed to do this? And, oh, how would I do this, right? How would a yoga teacher or a whomever, right? Do this, what other things typically come up for people? You know, one of the biggest things is this, it, it sounds so simple, but there's always this huge light bulb moment when I say, you know, this little thing that we've got called social media. I mean, we have our own audiences. How, how many groups are we in? I mean, actually it'd be frightening for me to go check how many Facebook groups I'm in, right? Probably hundreds, if not a thousand. So we have access to so many people. And have you ever just thrown it out there? Have you ever just said, hey, you know what, if I put together a book about such and such, would you have a chapter to contribute? Do you have a story to tell about that? I often tell this to our clients also, you know, if you want to get on a podcast or you want to be featured in the media or you want to get a connection, this is how I became a contributor for every major publication in the world. It's how I got to write for International Living and Huffington Post and Forbes. I would just go on social media and say, who can connect me with an editor at such and such publication? 
Mm-hmm. Sometimes we forget that, you know, if we keep this little idea and we sort of munch on it and we second guess it and we doubt ourselves and we think about all the reasons why it couldn't work, instead of just put it out there, mm-hmm. like just put it out there and see what happens. And so that's one of the biggest things. If I can just get someone into motion, I'll often encourage people to do this even before they buy our publishing certification, before they become a book partner, before they make any commitment financially or otherwise to us, I'll say, just go throw it out there. And the reason I say this is because when I did one social media post and I was that scared, should I, you know, like deep breath in Sicily. When my husband said that, I decided to go put out a social media post. And I said, if I put together a best-selling book, would you tell your story about being a trailblazer? And the book sold out on one social media post. Mm. So along with just having the conversation, just put it out there, what I find is every time I do that, number one, I'm willing to look like the fool and the beginner, right? Just going to test it out. And then it instantaneously expands me and it blows my mind every time. And then I'm reminded of like, Oh my gosh, there's so much out here I haven't even tapped into. What mm-hmm. else have I not tapped into? So whether it's the ideas, the creativity, the the collaboration, the the support. So that's what I encourage people to do. It's like, because I know that's a big thing. Well, what if? What if nobody actually wants this? What if I can't do it? What if I don't? Do- Just go throw it out there. Just mm-hmm. Just get some one foot you know, out there on one step, even if you're, you know, got a little shake in your voice, because here's, here's the thing. I think we've learned, especially in the last couple of years, um, if we can provide more opportunities, if we can have more streams of income, if we can have this or that, we can bring people together for a variety of reasons. It's always better. It's better for them. It's better for us. You know, I have this um, written, it's on a piece of paper under my desk and it says, I'm, I'm too rich to waste time. And what it reminds me of is I'm too rich to waste time with good ideas rolling around in my head. I'm going to go put it out in some way and at least give me the opportunity to move it forward or move it out, you know, do something with it. And so that's what I encourage people to do. There's this idea of like in the air right now, of like kind of that wait and see. Let's see mm-hmm. how this all shakes out, Jennifer. Let's see how this all shakes out. You know, I'm going to go hunker down, eat some of my pinto beans and rice, and I'm just going to see how this world stuff shakes out. And, and you can do that. Absolutely can. Right. But I think we're all also learning at a time when, when people aren't comfortable with uncertainty or change or evolution of an entire society and the collective as a whole, and you're willing to do something different, innovate, take a risk on yourself, you get huge rewards for that. How much time do we have? Like that, that was... (laughs) Adriana and I are are on the same page as to what's happening in the world. And I love that you shared that because uh, I don't think it really applies to anyone listening, but I do think we can expand upon that. Just meaning that I know all of you that are listening to this are leaders and leaders just aren't going to sit. We might sit in a wait and see for a month, maybe three months. But after that, natural born leaders I'm talking about, right? 
we, we can't help it. I remember, and you and I spoke about this in 2020, I was very offended. Uh, that's my own issue to own, by the way, right? But I was very offended at the people in tw- up, leading up to 2019 that were calling themselves leaders, happily getting paid being called a leader, and they were noticeably absent in 2020 and, and maybe still are. I'm not even paying attention anymore. But I remember being like, the world has literally changed. No matter what your belief system is, the world will never be the same after 2020. We are literally in a, in a shifting of era. We're in a paradigm shift. And there's a lot of people that are struggling with existential angst and you know, family conflict and job loss and needing to pivot, pivot, pivot. That was like the, <laughs> the key thing in 2020, right? It was like a pivot frenzy. <laughs> and, and you know, that's not to minimize people's experiences. Some people really got kicked in the teeth. So I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about how it was, you know, not always applicable to to certain people. But there was a lot happening, as we know. And then there were those of us that just rose to the occasion and started doing more live streams or started looking at how do I help my clients share their voice? How do I create things that help them focus their energy differently? You can keep going down rabbit holes online, not really knowing if you're ever really getting the truth because, you know, of all the things we know about, you know, that, uh, Or you could focus your energy on creating a legacy, leaving something behind, building something, unifying people on a cause that's actually focused on possibility. Like there's, there's a lot of ways to mobilize energy. And, um, and so I'm glad that you're sharing that because those of us that are leaders and, and particularly thought leaders can't help but look for these ways. We're, we're not even really focused on us. It's always like, how can I help my community? How can I help uplift them? And, and this is the epitome of lifting people up and helping them, you know, move through all of that throat chakra stuff, essentially, right? And, and, um, and having a safe way, by the way, to share it. And then the other cherries on top just happen to be that you're now a best-selling author. And, and you and I both know the power of that. It's mm. a powerful thing that, that in and of itself from an authority building thing will get people sold on you. And my belief as someone who coaches a lot on business is the quicker you can get people sold on you as the leader, as the authority, as the expert, as whatever your, your vision is without ever having to sell, like people are selling themselves on you, right? When you are a best-selling author, it opens a ton of doors. It's very easy for me to get on podcasts as a best-selling author. It's very easy for me to attract other media. It's very easy for me to attract very aligned partners into my life that want to play together. It's very easy for me to charge different rates. It's very easy for me. Like I I don't, please fill in the blanks. Like I feel like there's just so many benefits. Right. And um, so, yeah. And yes, I'm biased, but I, I genuinely think that either white labeling with you or, or learning how to bring this into your company is just a savvy thing to do. Books aren't going away. They're just not. Uh, and in fact, more and more people are reading. They're, they have an insatiable thirst for stories and knowledge. And I mean, even just publishing something that gives someone else permission who's reading it to go, wow, maybe this might be me someday. We yes. just don't, you know, the ripple effect is just massive. 
Absolutely. And you know, what I have found is that, you know, as a business owner, as a leader, the more I am in that space of like, what else can I create for my community? How else can I serve them? I mean, you're accessing this, the, the, literally the quantum field of possibility. And what I have found, you know, just to give one example, you know, when we started the publishing house and we came out and we did six collaboration books in our first year and we worked with solo authors and I was like, oh, okay, we're on to something. And then I said, how else can I serve? And then the idea came, start a certification program, right? Take eight women through the same process you went through, refine it, and then blow it wide open. Then, you know, that's churning. There's all kinds of people now, men and women who have started their own publishing company. And I went back and I said, what else, how else can I create opportunities for people? And I was given the idea, approach podcasters, show them how to turn their interviews into a collaboration book, split everything with them 50-50 and take care of the whole back end so that it's easy for them to say yes, it serves them in their community. And now that's absolutely exploding. And so it's like, once you're on that track and once you're in that space, you you get to be pleasantly surprised with all of these things that the universe drops in your heart or puts the people in front of you. You hear about the thing, you're at the right party at the right time and that's, you know, on that, in that conversation when it's brought up and all of a sudden you really, really, really get to feel how limitless we are. Mm-hmm. We're that conduit and it can always flow through us. I'm going to just uh, summarize what you said there because it it's, was very elegant and eloquent and I don't know what other E words I can use, but <laughs> So yeah, everyone listening to you can hear, oh yeah, she's a very elegant uh, and eloquent woman, right? So Jennifer wasn't lying. So just to recap everyone, for those of you that are listening to this, that are podcast hosts, you're hosting people all the time that are experts, right? They're on your show. They, they, they came on your show because they presumably came on for the right reasons and they want to add value to your community and share their story and hopefully help someone be able to have them share that same story in a book that you're coordinating, right? That that's just another, again, from a, I always operate from high service. So I want to be clear with people because I make it about the money, but it's, it's because in my mind, it's implied that yes, of course, it always starts with, with being of high service from a, from a strictly business perspective, because hosting a podcast, I host to myself, And I've hosted various shows over the years and I've been a guest on a gazillion shows of all different kinds, right? So I see both sides of the coin and um, in, in podcasting it's kind of strange because it's not actually a lot of time and yet it feels like a lot of time, even though you love what you do. There, there's something about pulling that together, right? That's just interesting. And most people don't make it past three shows because it's, when we're not in the energy of contribution, when we're in the energy of producing, it, it's just a different, it, producing is a hard energy to sustain as you and I both know. We are both contributors. We operate from a feminine perspective and nothing wrong with masculine energy, but we will be contributing instead of producing. It's the same visual, but it's the, the energetics behind it are, are different. But the point is, is that most people who host, uh, it, it's not always sustainable, right? And it's one of those things that when we're not seeing the direct monetization of it, 
where we don't feel that the divine compensation, the, the circulation of energy and that balanced rhythmic interchange of, you know, I'm doing a great service for the community and I'm also giving a platform to other people to come and, and share their message. But then there's that dip, right? That's what happens. It's, it's just that the cup isn't full. When you create a way to monetize, and this is just such an easy way to monetize, in my opinion, right? To like, again, from a multi-author book, you can be generating six figures. Mm -hmm. So if you're podcasting and you're maybe seeing $1,000 coming in, you know, this month and maybe a $5,000 package being sold the next month and and maybe several months with no sales and maybe not so many lead generated and so on. And then you've got this built-in unexpected audience that you even you didn't even think to market to because you're thinking, well, they're a guest on my show. I can't promote to them. And you're not doing it in a tacky way. It's just like, hey, I'm pulling this book together. I thought of you. Here's why I thought of you. Here's how I think this could be of service. Would you be interested, right? It's just a very conversational thing. But the point is, is that, your podcast can serve you in a lot of different ways, but if it's, if it's actually costing you your resources, particularly your time resource, right. And, it, and you're not being compensated, this is a great way and a very high service way to be adding a ton of revenue for doing what you're already doing. Right. And, and being compensated. Absolutely. And that's what I like to say. I mean, podcasters, they're, they're lovers of stories. They are storytelling champions and advocates, and they have stories all around them. They're in constant communication with people. So you're already doing it. And the people who are coming on a, a podcast show and, and are being interviewed, they also have bought into the power of stories. Otherwise, they wouldn't be on the podcast. They wouldn't be taking the time to do it. They wouldn't pay a service to get booked on. So all the parties involved know the power of it. And so it makes it very, very easy just to take that next step. Mm -hmm. Not to mention all of the people that are listening to your show that it doesn't even occur to them. Maybe it has occurred to them, but more often than not, it probably hasn't occurred to them that, oh, I can actually be a published author and I don't have to, it doesn't have to be hard and it doesn't have to take me 10 years to write the book. And I don't have to sit and try and write, you know, 30,000 pages on my own. And I still get to be a best-selling author and I get to do it with other people and, you know, all the things, right? So yeah, the podcasters, uh, this is a great opportunity for you. And this isn't, you know, we don't get anything for this, by the way. This isn't some big push and we're not getting paid some big affiliate commission. We're sharing Adriana with you and her company because we actually feel that this will be of service to you and all things being equal. I'm sure there are other people out there that I haven't even encountered that do a great job, but I know you personally and I know how well you take care of your community, right? And how much you love what you do. And by the way, everyone, like I was just thinking this and you haven't heard me share this before, Adriana, but your PR, like the, the elegance of your PR strategy is just, it's very drool worthy. Oh, uh, thank you. <laughs> when I see you posting at different publications you're in, I'm like, at her go all right right you're you're getting um, not that I'm surprised by that but I just mean when I see you in publications I think oh yeah she absolutely should be there mm-hmm. and, and you're not just getting press you're getting like you're really positioning yourself as the shit which I love 
Oh man, you're, you're, you're giving me something to just, you know, like uh, talk to Derek about later. No. And, and here's the thing, even with press. Okay. I'm very clear with press. I don't want to tell the story of how you can write a book. I don't mm -hmm. want to tell that story. You, you saw in my latest Forbes feature, they asked me, well, you know, how, how are you hoping to change the world? Or, you know, what do you think is broken the world? I can't remember what the question was. And I said, listen, listen, I want to be perfectly clear. Like, I'm not here to save the world. When, when I know something, when I figured something out, I'm happy to teach it to others. I'm happy to pass it on. But truthfully, you know, these two little boys in the other room and swimming in the pond with them and, and them making sure they know who they are and why they're here is priority number one for me, especially if what they love to do and who they are and what they came here to do doesn't fall within the society norms and quote unquote, the American dream. And it was so interesting because I actually have writers who've written features about me who then come stalk me on social media and they go, most people just want to talk about all the regular stuff. And so this is what my invitation and my encouragement is always is just know if you're different, if you see things differently, if you have a different angle, if you have a passion, like, Go run with it. Don't think you have to change and mold and bend and all of the things to fit in. I can guarantee you, the people who are listening right now, Jennifer, that they're, they're creating, you know, they're blowing up the box and they're creating this whole new way. And I just, I always want to encourage people who are doing that because it is easy to uh, kind of feel on our heels all the time of like, no, this is what is expected of you. And if you want to make more money, you do this. And if you could be a little bit more like that. And thank you for, for saying that. And I just, I just am passionately like convicted. I have strong convictions that if you're here to do good in the world and you're clear on why you're here, which is not to pay bills and die, then you've got, we've got to get you on the biggest platforms in front of the most people. Because you have a gift and a contribution to the world. And as I said in the training I did earlier this morning, we like to think we have all the time in the world, but actually we have no idea how much time we have. So knowing that time is of the essence, go drop that gift as many times as you can today. Mm -hmm. Oof. Well, that seems like a very poignant point. <laughs> to uh, wrap up for today. We could keep chatting, but uh, I feel like that that distills a lot of really the, the meta level essence behind why you do what you do. And uh, so we'll leave it at that. But I, I do encourage you all to follow Adriana in part, like I mentioned, you know, because I know you. And so when I see all these publications saying how great you are and the, I mean, you're, you're positioned as a big deal, which you are. Uh, but I look at it through the lens of if I didn't know you, I would be like, who is this woman? Oh my God, do I get to grow up and be like her someday? That's how great your PR is, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, right? So you have a lot to learn <laughs> potentially if you're not if you're not used to doing your own PR or have people doing it. I, I really think um, Adriana can model you know, what a really amazing PR strategy looks like. And I know you have some PR people, but I do know that you guide a lot of your own PR and a lot of the pieces you've gotten, you have secured yourself. 
that's what I'm trying to say. You're savvy when it comes to telling stories and knowing how to tell stories that hook people, but not from a place of manipulation, really just trying to, uh, you're already aware of what your end goal is and you know how to, how to track it back. And so you are, you're going to be able to help people do that with their books and, and their stories, however they choose to do that. And of course the, the nuts and bolts of the publishing house, the, the energetics of it and, you know, how to market it and all those kind of things, but also how to monetize it, which is a big thing because even if it's just time that you invest in publishing a book, right. And you decide you're going to do it all for free. You're, it's still, you know, there, there's that monetization piece that needs to be there as well. So welcome to my Ted talk. All right. So you can, uh, as I mentioned, well, Adriana told you that she spends a lot of time on Facebook, so you can find her there. And if you're interested in either white labeling, creating your own publishing house or joining one of her collaborative books, then you can go to Adriana with one N moniquealvarez.com. We'll have that in the show notes as well. And she'll be listed as our preferred vendor on our website on the podcastconnector.com website. So Adriana, thank you for being here. Thanks to all of you for sharing your time with us. We'd love to hear what you're taking away from this, what ahas you have, and please be sure to share this with people that you feel would benefit from this. We will see you again next time. Bye for now. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode. Don't forget, if you want to get booked on amazing podcasts, or if you're a podcast host and you want to get connected with some incredible guests, head over to thepodcastconnector.com to learn more about our service. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to leave a rating and a review on iTunes. It truly means the world to us. And extra points if you take a screenshot and tag us on social media so that we can see that you're listening. Thanks again for tuning in. Have an amazing rest of your day, and we will chat with you again next episode.